Coach Guns and Adrianosaurus. Super Coach Guns and Adrianosaurus. The I, the M, the M, the Y, the J, the I, the M is Jimmy. Welcome to the show. You heard the song at the top of the show. Jimmy Neesham signed there with the Hurricanes. And I played my con a few weeks ago when I thought he was not going to be there for round one. But this probably hurts Rashid Khan because he's going to drop at least one in the order. It's not going to hurt him for overs. He's still going to get his four overs and he's a mystery spinner. But he's going to bat, you know, a bit low in that order. What do you reckon, Nathan, from Supercoach Guns? Welcome to the show, mate. So, yeah, look, it's not ideal. Shad Khan definitely won't bat at six now. Um, I think he's still batting at seven. Um, he's probably more in that sort of Aston Agar sort of role rather than a Daniel Sands kind of role, how I'd view it personally. Yeah, look, for me, if you're going to go a non-double game round player, they're going to have a plum role, and the role is, I don't think it's plum now. Like, I mean, you know, Nathan Coulton Isle is going to bat higher. You know, and he's going to bowl his four overs. He's a double game player in round one. So, I mean, look, the shine is a little bit off um, uh, Shadab, but I still think he's probably, a, you know, a, a good option for teams. I guess if you want to take a punt. Some people are taking a punt on uh, old mate uh, who's signed for the Renegades, the spinner. Uh, the same, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, you know, people are taking punts on hundreds, and I don't mind if you want to make it um, on Shadab Khan. Um, look, we were hoping to have Ben uh, from Honeyball on the program. He might join in at some stage. Um, there could have been a little uh, confusion in time, you know, and we'll see if he comes on, but we'll push on nevertheless. Um, let's probably start the show. We'll go in a slightly different order. We'll kick off with our teams as they stand now. The big bash is imminent. It's in under a week for round one, you and I, there's been some big news that's come in that has probably changed the makeup of our team. I'll tell you personally, for me, um, the Nisham signing really, no, again, you spooked me enough on Shadab Khan to take him out of my team. Uh, and Nisa goes and joins the bloody test team. So it's made a few changes. There's a two 100, they were value players for me, middies that are out of my team. So I had to go a whole different tack, you know, with my team. Uh, but We'll discuss where we're sort of looking at the moment. I will preface this by saying we're talking off air. Every time I do preseason for NRL Supercoach or BBL Supercoach, I play really sensible moves while I'm planning my team. But in the last week before the season launches, I always do these kooky, bloody weird things or I completely change my team. Um, and look, Denisa and Shadab News made me go a completely different tack with my team. Now, who wants to go first to the team and discuss? All right, I'll have a crack. Yep, go for it. All right, here we go. So, um, my my keepers, they have not changed since the moment that the coach was released. He's still in for some jokes. My batters, I have Matthew Short, Daniel Sands, Alex Hales, Marcus Doris, and James Vince. Yeah, that's a, a new addition. Yep. 
So Vince, I'm just like, he's under 100,000. He very much is undervalued for what he can contribute. And because of my batting emergencies in Riley Rousseau and Aaron Hardy, I can just do a bench loop and get Rousseau to score if he does well. So I'm feeling okay there. Uh, my bowlers are Rashid Khan, Trent Bolt, Peter Siddle, Colin DeGrove, and Shad Khan, with Adam Zampa as my emergency. Yeah. And Cooper Connolly in my NPR bowling spot. So that'll mean that I can loop in Adam Zampa if he does well against uh, the Sydney Thunder in the first game. And if not, I get Shad Khan. Yeah, so this is some good backups, I reckon, um, if your loops don't go off. Um, the Vince, you know, I've, we've talked him up in the preseason um, as probably unders, um, and he's going to have a, you know, top-of-the-order sort of role, I reckon, in that, um, you know, Sydney Sixers team, which is a good team. Um, I like the team. Um you know, you're still you're still going with Shadab Khan. I, I I press the trigger on getting him out. That's not to say that I'm going to change not change back to Shadab Khan. I can't believe I got rid of him because I've been so big on him after watching him in the World Cup and also knowing what kind of player he is. Um, but I've moved him out. You can hear you can hear what my team uh, looks like. Well, in the um keeper position, I've got Josh Inglis and Jilks on the bench. I've got Jilks on the bench. Obviously, we, we've talked in the past about if your VC loop goes off because you only get two slots in the keeper position, um, you can just captain Inglis. Well, also, I've got um, Matty Wade in my batting. So he's um, given me the maneuverability between bat and keep. And and let's just say Jilks goes out and gets a golden duck and under 10 in score, I can actually move Matty Wade up there with, uh, you know, interchange him with Inglis and get the Matty Wade um, score. So he's where I've gone different from, I mean, I could have go Shadab in there, but I really think I was posing a question to myself. Is there any point having the Jilks and Inglis pairing if you're not going to have a third keeper? And I kind of decided that there is no point, not if you, you know, balancing your numbers and you want Jilks for round two, um, look, you could be just taking it as a cash cow sort of move and, and their value. But for me, you know, you've got two teams on the buy in the first two rounds. One of them's on there for doubles. I want to get their scores. Uh, and I think that Matty Wade's at a good price at 120K. So Inglis and Jilks in my keepers, Matty Wade's in my bat, Matt Short, Dan Sams, Alex Hales, Riley Rousseau, and Matt Wade. On the bench, I've got Nick Larkin. Um you know, in a way, I probably prefer Harry Conway in this sort of price point, who's one of the double game players for round one. But I don't, I'm not 100% sure that Harry Conway gets the run. And unfortunately, um, they play after the Thunder and the Stars. So, you know, the worst thing that could happen for you is, you know, you go with Harry Conway. He doesn't get the run once, uh, you know, the bat flips on. Um, who can you pivot to? Maybe if you've got the jewels handy, you could go to a Jake Weatherald or someone like that. But um, the way that I've got my funds up, I can't do it. So somebody is going to get a better role in that um, Melbourne Stars outfit. If it's Larkin, if it's, um, you know, Burns, um, who's the spinner? Um, Webster. Webster. Yeah. So if Webster gets it, I mean, they're all 62K. I'm just going to wait for the bat flip and whichever one of those three gets the, the higher role in the order. Um, I'm going to probably take that person. Um, it's, they're going to be my bench loop. So it means I'm going to have to play Rossell and Hales in my starting lineup, because obviously it's the one I'm not very confident about. 
but it's a bench look. So I'm going to have a bench look at whoever's got that great role for the stars. Cooper Connolly is my nuffy on the bench, although we're hearing you know news that he might get a run early doors um, for the Scorchers. Um, in my bowl, <laughs> here we go. Uh, in the bowl, I've got Sean Abbott. Uh, Rashid, I've got Sean Abbott, um, Rashid Khan, Peter Siddle, Colin de Grandhome, Stoyness on the bench. I've got Zampa, and my uh, other player is Aaron Hardy. Um, I'm liking the chat about what I hear for Aaron Hardy filling the Mitch Marsh role. Um, the coach said it, Aaron Hardy himself said it, and in a recent practice match, he, match, he came in at three. Um, so I've got him in there. It saved me enough money um, if I go, uh, you know, a, a Larkin instead of a Nathan Coulton Isle. That's where I save 50K on Hardy because I was going with Jai Richardson. Um, and I save 40K on uh, Larkin instead of uh, Nathan Coulton Isle. And that allows me to go on Abbott. The reason why I've entertained the idea of having an Abbott is because I've lost Nisa, who I've been absolutely huge on all preseason. And I feel less confident about Shadab Khan a la what we were chatting about last week when you had Sh- uh, Sean Abbott in your team. You build your team around him. Um, he's an absolute weapon for super coach, and people are going to be trying to scramble, you know, to get him in at the right time. So I think I've got a good balancing team. I'm going to look at Zampa and Larkin on the bench. Um, you know, if Larkin fails, I'll play Wade. Um, and if Zampa... Um, oh, where are we? Yeah, I mean, look, if Zampa f- fails... What do I do? Can I do anything there? Am I screwed? I've got, I'm going to have to just, I'll just leave as is and play Sean Abbott. Why not? So, you know, that's who I'm going to go. And if, and if um, Zampa goes off, I can still maneuver with Colin DeGrand um, uh, up into, you know, Matty Wade's spot and still play Abbott if I so choose and Zampa if he does well. So I really like the maneuverability of the team. I can get a look at Jilks on the bench. I can get a look at Larkin and I can get a look at Zampa. What do you reckon? I like it. I like it a lot. Um, I wish I could have. I wish I could afford Trent Bolt. I, mean, I wish I could afford Sean Abbott instead of Trent Bolt, but I simply can't. And well, hey, I'll take. I'll, I'll still take Trent Bolt. I believe. Yeah, look, Trent Bolt is one that we, I've often mentioned fading, and I hate doing it. Um, but look, this is a way that I could get. Um, you've gone. If you were going, if you went Larkin instead of um, uh, uh, James Vince, you could afford. Abbott. Yeah, I'm not that brave. <laughs> well, I mean, he's a free hit. If Larkin's batting at three on a double, he's a free yeah. hit. Yeah, no, look, I probably will. If there's, if, yeah, probably will. Yeah, I mean, look, I just think yeah. it's, uh, you know, you can take advantage of these value players. Somebody, for me, um, you know, Larkin is going to be batting top three, I think. Someone is going to, out of those three 62Ks, is going to be batting at three, I reckon, unless it's uh, Cardi. But I reckon one of those guys is in, if they bat in the top four, that is a really good punt for 62K. Um, And Aaron Hardy on the double in round two is dual, and the chat is that he's going to be, you know, filling in um, the Mitch Marsh role. So that's probably batting high in the order and maybe rolling the arm over. He's a pretty good fielder. So, I just reckon they're, you know, the risk isn't huge with them, you know, and it allows me to get a Sean Abbott. I've, I've, I've been answering questions on there going, oh, it's not bad for a Sean Abbott team, but I don't know. I, I, I just feel like I like the look of it and I can look at three bench loops because I've got Maddie Wade and I, and I think it's, you know, I'm happy with it. Yeah, lovely. 
Well, and who says we're going to keep that? Hey, yeah, exactly. <laughs> in the days leading up, and probably we'll get some news as well with someone being bloody injured or, you know, whatever. We'll get um, updated news, I'm sure. Um, all right. Well, what are we going to move on to now? Um, who are three players in your team? Your, you know, the ones the most that you're feeling um, iffy on. Um, all right. So I'm very iffy on James Vince. Yep. Um, I'm a bit iffy on Chad Khan. And I'm a bit iffy on Trent Bolt. Now, yep. I'm a bit iffy on James Vince because I've only really got him in there for the price and the fact that he's undervalued. He feels like a safe pick, but he doesn't feel like a smart pick round one with so many with so many teams in the double. Um, then you've got Shadow Khan. I can't find anyone better at the price that I actually would like to hold for a lot of this season over Shadow Khan. I want two NPRs, not two NPRs, two non-double game players, and Shadow Khan seems the best in that price range. Yep. Um, so I, I can't find anyone better, even though his role has decreased. And then Trent Bolt is the uh, third one. As you said before, I could potentially uh, take a Vince, even to a Harry Conway, if Conway gets named. Yeah. Like, and then I could upgrade Trent Bolt to uh, Sean Abbott and still have the same amount of double game players. So that's a move that I may as well just do now. So... <laughs> I mean, look, yeah, yeah, well, I mean, I just think, um, you know, there's going to be some speculative things when you start in round one that you're like, that's why I'm putting that player on my bench to look, to get a look at him, you know? And so you might as well, it's the same with the VC. If you're going to be risky, it might as well be with a VC or with a bench loop. And, you know, if you've got these value players and it allows you to get in somewhat of the quality of Sean Abbott, you know, I'm all for it. Um, you know, the thing, um, I was thinking about my team was I've had people send through teams where I only had one player different, you know? So he is my real Shadab and, and Nisa. I felt like were, you know, low enough ownership for me to say, well, I had some sort of point of difference. Well, you know, I've had nothing different to anyone else. So I want to go Sean Abbott. He's only 17%, which is, yeah, absolutely. Because they have no early double and he's such a quality player, but um it's a real splurge move for me. Um, let's talk about my three, the things that I'm worried about. I've, I've actually probably got four. I'm going to be, I'm going to be, I'm going to be special. And I'm going to mention four. Larkin, it is going to be an absolute punt. Whoever, you know, we. it's going to be a bat three or four. One of those, we're going to see it at the bat flip when they announce the team. I'm going to react to that. And um, look, I'm not confident. They haven't been, none of these guys in the 62K bracket out of Burns, Larkin and, um, and Webster have really set the world alight in the BBL, um, but it is an improved role. So I'm just going to go on the role. And we always say when we're giving everyone the basics, top four batters, all rounders or death and or, or opening bowlers. So someone's going to be that, but I am worried about it. It could be just a wasted loop, you know, but Look, Larkin's every chance of scoring, having a good score, just the same as Hales and Ross Al. <laughs> you know, so probably plays much. a little bit safer than them, you know, so we'll have to wait and yeah. see. Yeah, um, no, we will. Matty Wade, I would prefer if I could go Billings um, because the Heat have a double early 
Um, but I like Matty Wade at the price, 120K. I've heard a couple of chats um, that it, they reckon he might bat low down in the order and there's been, you know, they've listened to people, coaches and assistant coaches and players referring to the role that Matty Wade's going to play with lower order hitting. But I just reckon they've got some absolutely sensational run rate, lower order batsmen. Um, and, you know, I'm not sold on someone like Caleb Jewell. So I reckon that Matty Wade's going to open or bat at three and I and he's going to keep. I think he'll be the captain. So I like him as a pick. But um, is there any danger you reckon in going Matty Wade? What if he was batting six? Would you'd be? There's no no. You wouldn't go it, would you? I wouldn't. Well, I wouldn't go Matthew Wade if he's batting below three. Like if he's three or lower. If he's three or opening, then I think he's a perfectly good pick. But any lower, and it's very dubious. You know, like you you seen in the World Cup. When he played at like number six or number seven for Australia, yeah, he was sort of averaging twenty in super catch points. So it's just a no go if he bats that low. Yeah, and then yeah, I I agree with you. I reckon it is going to be one that I've got to. You've got to have a plan of attack. So for me, it's Larkin at the moment. But if he's if Larkin's batting at he's got the five or six, and Burns is the one, it's got to be Burns. You've got to go with where the role is. Matty Wade, if he was batting below three or four, you know, I probably could live with it at four because it gives me the maneuverability um, with the keepers and, and a batter. Um, but if he's low, I, I'm going to probably pivot to Shadab Khan because they're in the same team and I've got the cash there to get him to Shadab Khan. Um, you know, so I can live with that. And then I'll have to just go the same strategy where I'm going to have to sit one of Jilks or Inglis, you know, in round two, unless I bring in a keeper, maybe Billings or something in round two, but I am worried and it's going to be one of those ones that it's going to have to look like Matty Wade right until bat flip and I find out where he is. I just reckon logically in that team, they've got enough late order hitters. So why bring – why Matty Wade can open as well. He's He can do both. They have got Darcy Short and Ben McDermott, a couple of fair openers themselves as well. So it could be three or open for Matty Wade. Have to wait and see. But I am a little concerned. Shadab if it's not a good role for Matty Wade. Another one I'm slightly worried about is Colin de Grand home. Um, it is not something I'm more worried about now after hearing recent chat where he's being lauded as a good all rounder and he can swing the ball. He's good up front. Um, as it is, he's in a double game round early. He's dual. He's cheap. 125 K and he's batting. I reckon high enough for you to even take punt on, if you know what I mean. Um, and if he bowls a couple in that lineup, it's going to be probably shared between Matt Short and him. Matt Short's probably not going to bowl four overs. So he's going to at least get a couple of overs, is he? Yeah, no, I, I think it's a case of he's banning probably five and bowling two to three. You know, I, I don't think all of the strikers who bowl will bowl four each. I could see uh, Conway or Thornton. Or a Siddle if it's a bad day, only bowling three. And then you've got Matt Short who could bowl one to two and DeGrant home bowling two to three. Yeah, so I just think um, it's not really much of a part. If, if say, they were not on the double in, right in round one and that just say they were he was a star and they were going straight into the bye in round two, that would change my thinking on taking a punt on him with that bowling being a bit of an unknown. But... They, you don't have to get rid of them straight away. So that's a little, you know, safety blanket. Um, my last person, because I'm taking liberties and going with four, um, is Sean Abbott. Uh, you know, 
we we criticize people going with McDermott at his price because he could just cop a golden. I think if there is a premium player that you're going to go with, a 200 k like a 180K plus, I think Sean Abbott is the top one to do. I, I don't think there's risk, not the risk that there is with someone like Ben McDermott. Would you agree? Um, you know, I agree because with Ben McDermott, it's one and done. Whilst with Sean Abbott, you get 24 opportunities at a wicket. Yep, and a chance of batting, you know, in the lower order, you know, for a few runs or a quick fire 20. He's an absolute weapon of a fielder too. So there's probably a catcher game. Um, we've seen it in the past as well. He's just a real premium. The, the question you've got to ask yourself, and, and probably the same thing applies to going in McDermott, is how does the rest of my team look? How does my round one doubles? How am I setting myself up for round two? As it stands now, I've, I I did have Nisa, but I have no heat players now. So it's going to change my strategy. I think the balance of the team is okay, but that's thanks to players like Larkin uh, or, you know, Burns or Webster getting a, a better role now that Maxi and all that has happened. Um, And Hardy, because Mitch Marsh and Phil Salt are out, he's just gone and, jumped from a number six or seven bat looks like um, he might be up to much higher in the order. So people's roles are are enhanced. It's allowed me to splurge on a Sean Abbott. I am a little worried about it. Like other people are going in with a bolt and they've got some strong, um, some strong options, you know, but we've seen in the past that Sean Abbott can outscore players on a double. So I really just, it feels good to me. I just, I have a, when, when he's in my team, I feel less worried if you know what I mean. Yeah. So those are my four. DeGrand home who's firming because I like the chat about him. Sean Abbott, because is it ridiculous to splurge 200K? Matty Wade, because I've got to keep an eye on where he's going to bat. Um, and Nick Larkin, because that is real speculative based on recent form in the BBL. But those are the teams. Um, let's go with a Smokey. Um, have you got a couple of Smokies for round one? I'm happy to lead off if you if you don't uh, feel feel good. Uh, no, I've got a couple of smokies for round one. Um, so the first one I've got here, uh, we'll go right out of the bat here, Nathan Ellis. Uh, Hobart Hurricanes, 155,000, I think. 156,300. Um, he's played five games in T20 internationals for Australia, 15 wickets. Um, he's considered the next uh, next man up, essentially, in the Australian T20 international setup uh, for their pace attack. Um, and I think this is the year we actually see Nathan Ellis really take that next step and become an elite uh, super coach option as well, joining the likes of Sean Abbott and Kane Richardson. Yeah, well, I just saw him pick up four recently in that um, yeah. match. So he, he, he's in form, and I really think, what's his price? He he, he is... 155. Yeah. I mean, it's almost, you could do a Sean Ab. I reckon you could do a Sean Abbott thing with him instead. If you're yeah, going to go a non-player, I reckon he's one of those ones is a super candidate for your non, non-double game player. Yeah, I agree. And okay. the, okay, and we'll, we'll go with my other one, shall we? Yeah. Um, so it was James Vince, but I think I've moved off him a little bit now. Um. We'll go with a right old bold one, Akil Hussain. Yeah. Okay. 105,000 playing for the Renegades. They've got a lot of spin-friendly uh, matchups round one. 
uh, they've got, you know, early on, I should say, sorry, they have a lot of spin-friendly matchups. Um, the Renegades coach, David Saker, said their strategy this year is to go all out with spin bowling, which means that Akil's bowling four overs every game, and then Majid's bowling four overs every game. And then Nick Vance's point bowling a couple overs every game as well. So I know that Akil getting his four overs and at 105,000, that might be all I need. But also, he's in pretty good form. He went at an economy rate of 6.89 in the T10 league. We're putting that into context. An average score for a team is around 120, 130. So he's going at half the rate of what most bowlers are going for. And he also took, I think it was, and he only bowled two overs as well, and he's taking a wicket a game there. So he's a really good wicket-taking form. He's bowling nice, tight, good economy rate. Um, he feels like a guy that could average 50, 55 by the end of this season. And he's, he's pretty handy with the bat too. Feels like an Ashton Agar sort of guy for me. Yeah, I, I don't mind it. They're too sort of, you know, not mentioned. I mean, I mean, we know Ellis is fantastic, you know, but people are going, yeah. well, it's not a double game sort of relevant. So, you know, I'm not going to go there. Um, All right. Well, I want to go with a couple of mine. The first one I want to go with is somebody who I've bung, bung on about since um, day one is Nathan Coulton Isle. Um, look, it's not without risk because we don't know if he's going to play both of the games, but he's gone up in every team that I'm seeing. He's, he's batting six. Is it six or seven? That's pretty good. I think think he's going to bowl in good areas too in the game. It looks like they want to open with Luke Wood and Trent Bolt. So there could be some death overs for Nathan Coulton Isle. And he's, it's kind of Sam's ish. Yeah. It is verging on the Sam's area. Uh, yeah. That's a great thing for him, isn't it? Yeah. So the thing is, the durability, and I, I reckon if you're going to take a punt on someone like Nath, um Larkin, if you've got a few extra dollars, at 7.6% ownership, you know, like that's juicy ownership. It's like you're getting a Sam's for half the price, you know, basically, and, and he's on a double to start up and he's less, he's 7.6% owned. A lot of people, when they lose someone like Nisa, have got like a hundred k to, you know, player to find. I don't mind Nathan Coulton-Arm. Uh, and I've liked him since day one. I've had him on my list. Now I've just haven't been able to pull the trigger. I was thinking about him instead of Nate, um, Colin DeGrandhome, you know, but Colin just batting at five, you know, got me over the line. I really think that Nathan Coulton-Arm, as long as his body holds up, could have a really good um, season. Um, who was my other one? I had it on my list there. Let me have a look. Um, what did I pick? Jimmy Neesham. He was the top of the show. Now, look, Jimmy Neesham is awkwardly priced. Yes. Um, he's 140K, is he? That's what he costs? Yeah. Um, but he's going to bat probably in six. He's going to take what we thought Shadab Khan was. And how many overs do you reckon he's going to bowl? I, in that team, you've obviously got... A Joel Paris, a Riley Meredith, uh, an Ellis as locks, I reckon. It's a bit iffy of whether it's going to be Billy Stanlake or whether you're going to get someone like a Caleb Jewell. If it's Caleb Jewell, don't you reckon that um, that makes Nisha much more alluring because they're not bringing in a bowler. It's going to be a bat only. So he's probably going to get, you know, get his overs. Yeah. And the interesting thing I read about, um, Matthew Farley, they view him as a six and seven. They're yeah. viewing as late order, you know, finish quite literally closing out the innings. 
Um, they, they keep saying Shadow Khan's in middle order player. So I don't know what happens there, but there is a world where Shadow Khan and Jimmy Neesh are back ahead of Asif Ali. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I've got it going, Tim David, you know, I, I, know, I reckon, you know, Nisham, Shadab Khan, Asif Ali. That's how I, I see it. Yeah. But, I mean, look, he is awkwardly priced. You know, would you prefer to go Shadab Khan as a punt? That's one below and is a much yeah. more, you know, attacking gun. He, You know, he's going to probably score more in the bowling department and just come in one back later for 20K cheaper. He's a better pick. But I mean, I yeah. don't mind. It's kind of like people going, "I'll go the Dre Russ one." I don't mind Jimmy Neesh. Yeah, Jimmy, Dre Russ, yeah, Dre so... Russ is a great smoky, isn't yeah. it? Like he could, in my opinion, he'll he'll, uh, he'll have a very good four games. Um, then I I may still end up starting him. I may just say, you know what, that's a ceiling that no one else can match. I don't yeah. think anyone has the ability to take three wickets. Or four wickets in an innings bowling, bibbly dobbly medium paces like Russell Bowles nowadays, and score 60, 70 runs in quick time. No one else can do that. And so I think, yeah, Andre Russell is going to have one of those games. It's going to be about when you, when he does it and how you're going to own him for when that happens. Yeah, well, there's only four games right from the start. So, you know, get in and just ride the roller coaster. Have a punt. I, I really don't mind a punt to start the year because. You know, you can start with the same team as everyone else and those people that win a pod could be top 100 and you'll be just down there at 10,000 because you had the same as everyone else. Find a point of difference in your team at the very minimum to give yourself, you'll be, if you if your player fails, you only fall a couple of points behind them unless their player does a maxi 200, you know. Um, so I just reckon you should take a, a punt in there somewhere and, you know, all the names mentioned on that list as our pods, I reckon, are pretty good ones for that. Um, now, let's talk about um, traps. Is anyone making mistakes um, on players that you're seeing common commonly in your team? Yeah. I mean, in the teams that come through? <laughs> a lot of people are still, are still picking uh, guys that have been ruled out. So I've seen a couple of teams with Glenn Maxwell in there. Like, some people are just really out of the loop. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, you know, surely you can pick up on that by now. Um, a few of them I've seen with some very undesirable players. Like, I saw one with James Basley. I saw one with Vez Agar. Mm. Um, and, and I think, worst of all, I saw one with Jack Lindemann. Mm. Um, I would just, but in terms of common traps, not just in the teams that I've seen, but you know, all the teams. I think if we sort by ownership, which I think is the right way to do this, um, a common trap for me is Tim David. Yeah. He's still at 28.5% ownership, and that's just ludicrous in my opinion. Like, he shouldn't be, um, he shouldn't be more than 10% owned, really. Yeah. He's got a nothing role. Um, He's in a middle middle order lineup full of stars. He may not always bat. He's certainly not going to bowl, and he's not always getting big fielding points. There's, there's no, no no real safety net. And there's no real upside. So I just think he's a massive red flag for me. Yeah. Look, uh, 
playing devil's advocate, you know, there's predictions that he's going to be a little higher. Maybe it's four or five this year. You'd have to wait and see, but that's going to be a blind look because you're going to have to probably make decisions in that first round, you know, and they play what mid round or whatever the hurricanes um, and he's cheap. So if you're going to do risky things, you might as well do it um, on, on the cheap. Um, let's talk about some of the ones I've seen that I don't love. Um, I've seen a few of the, where are we? Harry Nielsen's around with the plan of having three keepers. I reckon if you're not going to maneuver your team to be able to get up to a decent one, you, we saw um, Hanscom come into the game. He was signed by the Renegades. We didn't cover that at the top of the show because we we're waiting for Ben to talk about that stuff. But the Renegades have picked up Pete Hanscom. A lot of stir originally about him being a good um you know, play at 62K to have as your third keeper. He's enough now. He's a 62K enough because it's come out that he's obviously there for backup for Sam Harper. Um, So I see the same thing with Nielsen. I just think the role is terrible. You know, he, he all you're really going to get is maneuverability between your three keepers. So it might as well just be, you know, it might as well be Hanscom. Yeah. Oh, Jimmy I, Pearson, I, you know. Yeah. I think Hanscom has appeals enough now. His his appeals changed. Yeah. So like if he's playing, he's a good cheapie. If he's not playing, he's a good enough. So yeah, because people are going people are going Cam Green as a good enough for sixty two k, and you know Hanscom's better because he gives you that maneuverability between your keepers. It means you can play Jilks, you get an extra double game round player in round two, and also you can maneuver those three players around as you see fit. You know so. I think that that's a that's why I went with Manny Wade to get a third keeper. So I understand the people's logic in doing it. I just think there's better players than Nielsen to do it with. I I, I mean I would still I mean look in a lot of the teams I'm saying seeing Jimmy Pearson. Um, he's an he, you know he's a loop in round two. Um, and they I see him batting six. You know, so he's going to keep and bat six. It's better than batting eight or nine or eight. He's going to bat. Six is better than eight. Just go with Jimmy Biss. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's that's one. Um, I'm seeing a few teams that um are going with where is he? Oh, I've got this dead air. Where are, what's going on? Um, Ben Cutting. Um saying, you know, I'm I'm willing to take a punt on Ben Cutting at seven. Um, and you know, he'll probably bowl a few. Do you see that as being you know, his role, do you think he's going to bowl much? Sorry, you cut out. Who was oh, Ben Cutting, he's going to be batting at seven as I see it in uh, most teams. Is he going to bowl any? I wouldn't count on it, no. I think Ben Cutting's just a bit of a, you know, a bit part player. I feel in the gaps when they're charging game. Uh, yeah, no, I'd be avoiding it all costs unless he's named to open. Yeah, if he was open, um, it would be you know a different story. But we're we're getting you know tips on teams. Looks like he's been batting at seven, and I would just see him as a bat at seven. I would not be locking in his bowl. Um, all right, well, we'll just put a pause. All right, and we have, we've got our special uh, third guest. Well, I, well, you're a host, aren't you now, Nathan? So you, you, we've got our first guest for this preseason on it. Ben from Honeyball BBL. Welcome to the show, Ben. Um, 
busy time. A uh, really busy time. Yeah, plenty going on. Uh, obviously, the first game on Tuesday, so um, heaps to keep across and try to bring some news to you guys. Yeah, it should be great to chat um, all things um, BBL with you. Um, it should be noted that you're not even playing Supercoach this year, but Honeyball BBL is actually all the news and info about everything BBL that you might be interested in. How come you're not playing? Too stressful? Yeah, probably too stressful. I think I think when you're a content creator, it becomes quite consuming, and I just um, tried. To, I stepped away from it um, uh, for the fantasy, fantasy Premier League season, and just quite enjoyed just watching games without the, um, the stress of trying to follow one specific player. So I'm, just, I'm in retirement or a hiatus, I think. Yeah, I always say I'm going to do that and I never actually stick to it. But I, when I podcast, I always get influenced by people I chat to or in all the chat groups that I'm in. I feel like I sometimes muddy the waters from my clear thinking on it. Um, so, yeah, it'll actually be really good to talk to you and get an impartial view because you don't actually got agenda about which player you like and dislike. We'll get a proper opinion. Um well, let's talk about the magazine, the EMAG on the BBL. It's just recently launched. We've been plugging it on our socials. Tell us a bit about it um, and, and what's in it for people. Why should they buy it? Because, you know, what, how's it any better than what I do? <laughs> well, it's you probably, do it's fantastic, easy, mate. It's so easily it's way better. It's easily way better. <laughs> well, the good thing is it's all presented in one easy format. So you can 80 pages full of information. You can read it on your mobile phone or your laptop or whatever. Um, at your own pace, but it's it's got interviews with uh, like last year's winner Andrew Langley, who who honestly like some of the stuff he told me, I was just blown away. I hadn't, the way he thinks about super coaches is different to what I've ever thought um, you know thought about before. So that was really good. So worth a read there. Um, bunch of experts. You guys are in there, so you've got your mm. opinions on the trade boost. But I've got a bunch of um, you know former top hundred finishers who've weighed in on guys who you need to lock in for round one and fade and all that kind of stuff. Um, there's a Bible full of um, every predicted lineup, every single BBL player, their, their profile from a super coach perspective. Um, the T20 form guide, I, I love to talk about that because it's got all the uh, T20 leagues around the world. All the guys in the BBL who've played in those leagues got their scores converted into super coach. Mm. Um, so just really good to help you get a grasp of the new guys you don't know or even just learning their roles, what what you can expect from them. Um and there's heaps more. I probably would bore you if I kept on talking, but that's a pretty good snapshot. Yeah, no, it's terrific. I think what we do is we do a lot of sort of, you know, opinion stuff. We talk about players who we think will be there. We don't know. And even sometimes, I mean, players are getting ruled out and I've got no bloody idea. I don't know that that Aaron Hardy batted at three in a practice match. All of that sort of stuff gives you sort of ideas on players you know, that you might like to have in your team. Uh, and I couldn't recommend it any higher. Nathan loves it as well. We're both in there talking about Boost, which is a new introduction to the BBL Supercoach this year. Um, so when I post this um, potty, we'll put the links for you to be able to go and uh, get your copy of the BBL mag. Um, look, let's talk about the big news of the week. Um, I'll get both of your opinions on these. We've had some big signings. My opening song was Jimmy about Jimmy Neesham. Um, it made me a little bit colder on Shadab Khan. 140K um, is probably awkward, awkwardly priced. Um, in that team, we'll talk, I was just talking about him as a smoky that you could go in your team. It looks like you might bat that spot ahead of um, Shadab Khan. I just don't feel hugely confident unless they go with Caleb Jewell that he'll bowl overs. Well, how do you see it, Ben? 
Yeah, I, I'm not confident on Nisham bowling much. Um, and the Canes have got a few all-rounder types who can take overs off him. So, you know, Darcy Short obviously can bowl. And, and Tim David bowled a lot last year. Um, I think 12 out of the 15 games or something like that, albeit maybe one or two overs per game. So I feel like Nisham's primarily there as a batsman. And when you're a middle-order batsman coming in at you know, five or six, that role isn't overly conducive to super coach scores. So I'd be pretty, pretty cool on him, especially with the Hurricanes draw, not having a double early. And then I think they've got a buy in round five. So, you know, you can do a lot better with that 140K, getting a, you know, someone who's got a double early or even someone who's just going to like make some money. Um, yeah. I, I don't think he's someone you need to be going for early. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about it and, you know, even though Shadab goes down one in the order, he's a mystery, he's a spinner, he's an attacking spinner and, you know, you take the batting. I just really would have loved to have seen him Shadab bat in that spot. He would have made him much more alluring to me. And I've actually had him in my team all preseason, but I pulled him out once I saw the Nisham news. Um, Nathan, what about, um, oh, where is he? Bancroft. Any interest in Bancroft? I, I mean, you'll know, Ben, a, a bit more about the WA, the Scorchers lineup, but he looks like he could be a chance to open. I've seen in the practice matches that he has had a go, hasn't he, at the in the open position? Any interest, Nathan? Um, well, oh, probably not for me. Um, he's a keeper, he's and everyone's always looking for that keeper. third keeper. He's a, he's a keeper, yes. He's not, he hasn't necessarily shot out the lights when he's actually been given a go of big bash. I probably wouldn't go there uh, to start, but oh look, anything's a, anything's a possibility. If you need to open and scorch as a batting first, you never know. You just, you just never know, do you? Yep. Um, he's 62K. So we were talking about that you could use him as enough, you know, a loop option if you really wanted to. Um, Hobson has been in pretty good form, Ben. Um, 83K. People are probably stashing players from the Scorchers. I originally had Jaira Richardson, but I was a little concerned about his injury. And I've heard chat and seen some things that's made me pretty high on Aaron Hardy this year. Um, and I've I've chosen to go with him instead as my one that I'm going to carry on my bench. But what do you think for Hobson this year? Is he going to get a decent enough role in that Scorchers lineup? Yeah. No, funnily enough, I'm going to have to be absent for part of this podcast because I'm going to watch a bit of the Scorchers practice game. So um trying to get some insights for you. But yeah, I think Hobson at the moment, the way the Scorchers lineup is without the Phil Salt replacement, it looks like he will be in that best 11 for their first game. Um, and I think if Hobson plays, he's primarily an opener. He doesn't really come in late in the order. Mm. Um, so I see him opening with someone like Inglis, um, potentially Bancroft, but they're probably you know not explosive enough to capitalize on that four over power play. Um, uh, and then, yeah, I, I like Bancroft as well. I think um, I think that's a good shout. He's in good form in the Shield, so he'd be full of confidence. Mm. Um, and then Aaron Hardy, yeah, it's an interesting one. They've, they've kind of talked him up a fair bit. Mm. Um, and obviously that's because there's a void with Mitch Marsh out. And Mitch Marsh was obviously um, so damaging at three, a big part of the Scorchers' success last year. Hardy has been on the rise. He played for Australia A this year. He's played over in the UK and done reasonably well. So his stocks have risen based on or on last season. So he's actually, you know, becoming a better and better player, whether that means he can be in the side as a you know, pure bat who occasionally bowls. That's a big question. I think people, people's selection will be based on that because you wouldn't get him if he's coming in at six. Mm. Um, yeah, like I said before with nation, like that middle order role isn't conducive mm. and with 
uncertainty around who's going to be the fifth bowler for the Scorchers, you know, you're a bit you're a bit reluctant to get him. But if he does bat at um, at three, I'd be I'd be getting on him. And he did yesterday in the practice game. But I will say it was an interest squad practice game, so yeah, they split the squad in half, so they kind of give everyone a good crack at it who's in the mix to be in their best eleven. So while yeah. it's a sign, it's it's not a, a set thing. Yeah, it is not it was not without risk. I've I like what coaches said about him. I like what he said about what his role is going to be this year. So it is a punt, but I I'm I don't mind it as a punt. But look, and also on I like Hobson. I reckon he's got a bit of talent. Um, you know, he's just got more of a classical sort of style. He might not get the run rate that some of the others will get, but I think I, I don't mind. I'd be willing to take a punt on him at 83k. Um Nathan. Sam Whiteman got signed by the Thunder. Everyone was saying it's the end of Jilks. Whiteman's going to take his spot and Whiteman can keep. Well, I, I can put that to bed for you because White, Whiteman's got bung fingers, hasn't he? He's not going to keep. Um, uh, but what do you reckon about his chances for listeners out there um, for teams? Uh, yeah, no, he'll be, uh, I don't think he'll be. Um, no, I don't think so either. Yeah. Yep. I mean, if you really, if you really want to do the Whiteman thing, you want to see what's going to happen with him. They're the first game of the first round you know, get a look at it then. And if he's in the team, go for your life. Um, some depth signings for other teams, Jack Edwards at 74K, Mickey Edwards at 69K, Menenti at 67K. There's nothing there for Menenti this year, is he? He's got a bit of, um, he's a bit of an awkward thing and I I, I don't know why, but I like him. Bed? Yeah, Menenti, I can see him playing, but I don't think he's going to be a regular in the side. Um, you know, the strikers have used two spinners in the past. They've used Rashid with, I think it was Farwad Ahmed, who was in the squad last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're not afraid to do that. And I don't see Boyce being necessarily ahead of ahead of Menenti. I think they're kind of on equal pegging. Mm. Uh, you know, Menenti's in the SA setup already, so he's got a bit of a relationship with the coaches and has done pretty well in the March Cup this year. I noticed he opened the batting in a club <laughs> game this week, so they might... I might fancy his batting a little bit. I don't know, mm. maybe he comes in at seven or eight, given they've had issues with the all-rounder in the past. Mm. Um, but like I said, the strikers haven't been afraid to rotate their bowlers as well. So I feel like um, it's a bit of a risk going someone like him who may not play regularly. You yeah. might get him on a – he might play the first game of the double and miss the second and you'll be, you'll be pretty flat because that's never a good option. Yeah, um, just too risky, I think. Um, there's probably better options. We know that there's going to be somebody that's going to, you know, take a nice, juicy role um, at the Stars, and they're on the double in the first game. That's what I'm doing with my team. I'm just going to take a punt on whoever looks like the number three for the Melbourne Stars. Um, here's a question to both of you. We'll start with you, Nathan. Have the signings changed um, your pros- anyone's prospects? And are there has anyone just come in as a huge bolter now? Look, for me, I, I, I have not taken Shadab Khan out of my team since the World Cup. But once Nisham came, I did. Mm. Well, okay. Yeah, Shadab Khan's box have gone down a little bit. A tiny bit. saying that, like, you've got to find a player that's got a better role than Shadab Khan. Yeah, I went Sean Abbott. Sean Abbott instead. 
Well, yeah, like if you've got that sort of, it depends on your team layout, I guess, mm-hmm. is probably the right answer to that question. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's, if you need, if you need one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars for a player, um, and you've got all these key double game players, and you've got Colin, then yeah, you probably just hold on to Shadow. Um, but otherwise, I think you should look elsewhere. But then, if there's nowhere else, and you're looking for a single game player. And you just back Shadow Khan in, I think. Batting seven, possibly eight, who knows? But the like the spinning factor, he's a good quality bowler, very good quality bowler. Mm. That should be enough to carry him. Uh, in terms of bolters, um, Aaron Hardy's probably the biggest bolter of these signings, although no one really signed on, but it's just throughout the league. That was probably the biggest news, wasn't it? Yeah, and Ben, that was the one question I wanted to ask you is I'm still hearing chat. They're trying to sign someone, uh, uh, an opening bat. Have you heard anything on that? Yep, uh, they will. They'll definitely sign someone. Um, Obviously, the Scorchers lost three key batsmen really late in the piece. So they're Mm. scrambling to an extent. So obviously, um, Laurie Evans with that um, positive drug test, he got withdrawn. That was only about two weeks ago. Mm. And then they had Salt the shoulder injury, Mitch Marsh, the ankle injury. So they did well to get Faf Duplessis at short notice, given he's an absolute gun, but they're scrambling to find the other replacements. And with an overseas spot open, you can actually, you know, the pool's massive. You can go out and find someone of high quality and they're trying to do that. First, first game isn't till Saturday week. So they've got more time than everyone else. Yeah. Um, I know that Nathan has uh, been, uh, he spotted some news that maybe Banson or Jason Roy are in the mix. Um, it's a bit tricky at short notice to get guys like that. Um, there's a guy called Steve Eskenazi who's playing down at the local um, intra squad today and played yesterday. He's a he's a funny got a funny background. Born in South Africa, grew up in Perth, played in the UK for a decade for Middlesex. So he's a a decent player. But I reckon they'll be looking for someone a little bit higher quality. But they will definitely sign uh, a batsman. Mm. An import batsman who will come into that top six, whether that's before their first game is probably the question which comes into your thinking for, you know, going for someone like Hardy or Hobson. Um, so that's a watch this space, but they have got a little bit more time than most other clubs. Yeah. And that's a scary prospect, I guess, because if you're taking a punt of carrying a scorcher on the, you know, you, they, they make made that signing after round one's already started. Um, and then it could put it could put the kibosh big time on who you've stored on the bench. So, you know, um, that's really interesting. I mean, I, I I think you know the chat is is firm that they're going to get someone. So you know, if definitely plan- get someone. Yeah. yeah, if you're planning a Bancroft or a Hobson, you know they they might not even be in the team altogether. I th- I think Hardy's probably could be in the team. He might just go from you know what looks like he could be higher in the order down to a six, you know, or seven in the order or something like that. So, um, it's all interesting chat. Um, Nisa, he was that's why I made the big changes in my team. Got rid of Shadab. Got rid of Nisa because he's obviously been called in to the test team. He's come into the game because Hazelwood's had a side strain. Um, I was wanting, if my loop didn't come off, to play Nisa. I'm not going to have that for round one, so I've had to change my plans. Um, Sam's injury. Anybody have some news or anything on Sam's? No news, unfortunately. I'm tracing it. I'm trying so hard to find out what it is or how bad it is, but... um... I was, I was told he should be okay for the first BBL game um, a week or so ago, but I've got no update on that one. Um, I'll let you guys know as soon as I know. 
Yeah, I do. I mean, the biggest thing for me is maybe he plays, but maybe the role is a little different. You know, maybe he doesn't bowl four overs. Maybe he only bowls two. How do you feel? What What's your plan, Nathan? If you know, bat flip, they say, um, Sam, we're going to use Sam's as a bat only, you know, and he's not going to bowl. Well, I think, oh, yeah. Um, we've got to remember he's playing the double. So if it's just the first game, he's a bat only. The second game, he's a bat bowl again. Then, well, look, you're kind of looking at him and you're thinking, okay, maybe I won't vice captain him, but I think you still have to play him. Um, just because even if he, does have his full-on role for one game. He could still score, you know, 100, 110, and then soften the blow of whatever score he gets as a bat only. And Ben Cutting would be someone of interest because even that one game would give him a little bit of a price rise and you could sell him off to yep. a better um, uh, school job. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Richardson, Jai, Variety. Um, what, what do we got, Ben? I've heard that he they reckon he'll be good to go for the round two start. Yeah, well, they've got a bit of time still. Um, what is it, today, Friday, and they play Saturday week, so eight days. But he wasn't at today's intra-squad practice game. He wasn't one of the bowlers warming up when I was down there before I jumped on here. So, like, Kelly was there, Ty was there, Berendorf, hats of glue, but no sign of Richo. So, mm. bit of a flag because he obviously missed those last two Shield games with the heel bruising. Um, but a Shield game is very different to a T20 game where you bowl four overs. So... He might be available, but it's just a flag. If you're thinking about stashing him on your bench, it could be a lot of money wasted if he actually isn't available. Yeah, I would not be stashing him. I got a question through to the old inbox saying, "Are you even even if he is named, are you worried that he doesn't play both the games because they've got some pretty good bowling depth? Is that a possibility? Maybe he doesn't. Maybe they want to give him extra time and he doesn't play the first game of their, you know, double. They just give him an extra couple of days to recover. I think there's a possibility." especially in these teams that have depth. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, they're, they're, it's tough to pick their bowling attack, let alone have a guy who, who might be a little bit injured. So rotation is yeah. possible. And I think the Scorchers first game, or well, I know the Scorchers first game is at home. And then the second game might be two days later away. So, you know, throw in a flight, they might think, oh, let's just rotate and leave someone at home. Um, it's, it's a huge flag. Yeah, I'm going to be doing plans for Faf and Jai Richardson, but I'll be doing it right on round two. Um, Sean Marsh injured. I hear not um, going to be a, a lock for t- for round one. Uh, is is that what everyone's hearing? Yep. Yeah. Yep. He uh, strained his calf. I think it was in training a few weeks ago. Um, haven't heard official word from the guides that they expect him fit for round one, but given Sauce's Injury history, I would not be surprised if they're very cautious with him. He, he had knee surgery in the off-season as well, so he's barely got a gallop up this year, so I don't think they want to risk him. Yeah. All right, well, let's do questions that have come through to the socials. We'll throw them at you, um, Ben, as the guest, and you can tell us what you think, eh? First question here from Corsa Steckity versus Swepson versus Nisa. Or for round one, are we? Or is this for the round three double? Well, I mean, let's let's cover both. If you're going to start cover with both. one, who would you start with? I'd start Schwepson, without a doubt, because I don't think Nessa's going to be available round one, given the yep. test call-up. It looks like Hazelwood's going to be unavailable for the um, for the South Africa test, which clashes with BBL. So Nessa will need to be in the squad, even if Cummins is back. So I think that rules him out. 
Mm-hmm. And then second, I think he's about 170K off the top of my head, which is just yep. a bit bit too much. Yep. Um, Schwepson looks great value. Schwepson's always been a really good BVL player, but because he's always... Um, this year, that frees him up to play BVL. So I reckon he's a, he's a really good pick. Um, I think yep. he comes in about 107 or 110, something like that. Yeah, yeah so, bargain. absolute bargain. And yeah, I agree yeah, with you I, on all of those points. In the round three double, I think you want Steckity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bubble uh, on the double, definitely, definitely look at Steckity. Um, yep. You probably you're probably sidewaysing someone, maybe Sam's or something to him. Yep. Um, All right, we've got Hanscom just as a third keeper, like a loop option. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I, it's the best of a bad lot. Um, like uh, people need a cheap wicket keeper to get your your three wicket keepers in your squad, so you can, you know, I think people are going to start with Jilks or Clark and then have Inglis. So you, they'll all be playing in the second round. So you almost need someone who can drop on the bench, if that makes sense. Yep. Um, and Hanscom looks like someone who can enable you to do that. And he may play and make a bit of money. So yeah, um, I mean, you, if your choices are Jimmy Pearson and Nielsen, I'd rather go Hanscom. Um, Cooper's asking for a team reveal. I did that at the start of the show. I should tell you, show, I'll tell you my team and you can, you can poo poo it if you don't like it. I've obviously, I've gone and spent a 200K because I ch- made a change of Shadab and Nisa. Inglis and Jilks are my keeper. I've got Matt Short, Sams, Hales, Matty Wade, um, Rossow on the bench. I'm going to take a look at Larkin in that first game I've, or whoever gets that good role in the Melbourne Stars. And I've got Cooper Connolly. Um, into my bowl, I've got Sean Abbott, Rashid Khan, Peter Siddle, Colin de Home, Marcus Stoinis. I've got Zamps on the bench and Aaron Hardy stashed for round two. So, I, you know, I, I get a lot of teams sent through to me and I go, oh, that doesn't look too bad for a Sean Abbott team. I think mine's pretty good for a Sean Abbott team. Yeah. Well, interesting you've got a few single game week players in there as well. I think most I, people have filled up their lineup with 11 doubles. So Yeah, I've got um, 11. Um, if, you, if, you, if I took out um, Wade, I have Larkin. And if I took out um, Abbott, I've got Zampa. So I've got 11. I'm just going to get a look at them first as a loop on my bench. And if Larkin and Zampa suck, I'm going to play Matty Wade and, and Sean Abbott. So I think they're pretty good covers. Yeah, that, that sounds good. It's a good plan. Someone who I really like for that first game who's kind of gone under the radar is, is Luke Wood from the Stars, who's got yeah. he's got the DPP status, which I've said a few times is, is quite generous because he, he can't bat. Um, <laughs> Um, but he, I, I always prefer bowlers in Supercoach because they generally the bowling side scores more points, so you've got yep. better odds to get you know better score. Um, and he'll bowl power play and potentially death, which we know is conducive to good points. Only 105k, so you can swing him into your bats and then pick up another bowler. I, I think he's a really good pick. Yeah, and I, I heard chat the other day about where he's going to bowl, and that probably makes me more confident. I've been a big Nathan Coulton Isle fan because he looks like he's going to. He's a bit Sams-ish in the batting. He's going to bat one higher now with the injuries that are there. I'm worried about his durability, um, but I don't mind him as a pick as well. If you want to take a punt on, you know, that he's going to last for the two games in the first round. But Luke Wood, you get that handy jewel, which I reckon is good and super pod compared to some of the other people um, that people are going with. Um, here's a question from Oliver. Why are people starting English with Jilks reserved? Um why and also why have people got Hales benched? Well, I feel like we can all explain the the English jilks kind of loop situation. 
Yep. Um, first game jilks, you see how he goes. And if it doesn't work out, you you can trade English to someone else because trades are unlimited till round one finishes. Yep. Um, but but if if jilks fires and you've got your your MPP to to loop him in and potentially um, captain someone else. Yep. Um, and the other question was Alex Hales. I, I'm not sure why you'd have Alex Hales on your bench. Um, yeah, I can answer that for people is people don't feel confident that Hales, Hales is hit and miss. And I reckon if you're going to have a bench loop there, have it on someone that is hit and miss because, um, you know, if say Hales cops a golden duck and your other person is a, that you, you could play is like a Sean Abbott quality, you might say, well, all right, well, s- screw Hales for the double. I'm going to just play Sean Abbott, who's really consistent. Um, you, I reckon you always put someone dangerous on your bench to have a look at. I don't feel confident that Larkin on quality. He, I'm going to play Rosso and Hales on quality ahead of Larkin, and that's why I've got him reserved on the bench. Some people might have a much better depth there, and they're probably picking the one that they reckon is the most dangerous for a bad score, I guess. Um, but look, Hales, he, yeah, I mean, you you have the reserve on him, so you'll still get his score. He could absolutely brain it. Um Let's move on to the next question. Um, oh, more. Oh, here we go. Um, oh, there's heaps of them. Thoughts on Faruqi? Yeah, I'll uh, love him. Huge fan. Just just nervous about him playing both games in the double. Yeah. Um, yeah, the role he played for Afghanistan was power playovers and then death overs. Perfect for a bowler. Wickets tend to fall in those areas. The ball's swinging early and the batsmen are swinging late. So they'll more likely to get out. Um, so I love that role. Just nervous that they are thinking of, you know, chopping and changing their three imports. You can only play three imports per game. They've got Hales and Rousseau, who you'd think are locked in. And then they've got Faruqi and Usman Kadir as the other two imports who they may alternate depending on conditions. So that's the flag. If he does play both games, which we won't know, obviously. You have to lock him in before that. But if there's indication that he'll play both games, he looks he looks a great pick at 105. Yeah. If, if I knew he was playing too, he'd be almost my first pick. Um, is starting two of the three stars cheap? Is a viable strategy to free up coiner? Is it too risky? Did you get it? Sorry, I, I, I missed that one. I'll... Oh. Is it a is um starting two of the three stars cheapies um a viable strategy to free up coin um or is it a risk too risky? No, I don't think it's too risky. I, I like they're the kind of players I'd be looping, um like someone like a a Bo Webster or um, uh yeah Coulton Isle or, or even Zampa um, rather than Hales. I, I feel like you wouldn't loop Hales because you're spending 150k on him. Um, you've kind of got to back in that selection. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't mind the idea of looping Larkin or Webster. Um, maybe not Joe Burns. I'm not a huge Joe, Band, Joe Burns fan. Um, and, yeah, it does free up cash. And it gives you the options. Like, if they don't fire, then you've got the opportunity to, you know, change your on-field player after that first game. So, I think that's a really good strategy. I'd be, uh, there's another one. Like, Ben Cutting for the Thunder, like, he's someone I would definitely be looping because – Loopholes are good for, like you said, Adrian, like your hit and miss players, mm. but also your players who've got a really high ceiling. So like Ben Cutting's ceiling is so high because when he gets going, he can score massive. So mm. if you 
get worried about the risk of him because you know that he fails four times out of five. Um, you could take that out by looping him. And if he does, you know, go big at that one time out of five and it's that game, then you've suddenly got that available. And um, they're the kind of guys I'd be looking at looping. Yeah, and it's a road less travelled as well. People aren't going to go and do that as much, so you could get yourself a leg up. Um, we'll go quickly on the last ones. Can you fade Matt Short? Yeah, that's. I reckon that's one of the biggest decisions for round one. Yeah. Like, I don't think his role is secure at all with uh, DeGrandome in the side. Um, you know, Peter Siddle was talking up DeGrandome's bowling mm. uh, in the media yesterday. So there's scope that Short's, you know, guaranteed four overs drops to, you know, zero to two or you know, or less. So well, not less because the zero is as low as you can go. But, you know, the role really can change. And, and if he gets a duck, then you're, you're in all sorts. So um, yeah. for the money you're spending on him, I think it's definitely a consideration for round one. Yeah, I, I reckon you can do it because there's a couple of quality options. I mean, I'm leaving Bolt out of my team and I'd be very happy to go him instead. Um, he's pretty high ownership, um, Matt Short. So if he does come off, it really, really stings. That's all I'll say on that one. Um, Matt Short or, or Abbott to start round one. Depends on you. I'll answer that. Depends how many doubles you go. You're looking for a double player or are you looking for a non-double? You know, I mean... That's I would go Abbott for sure. If it was wasn't about doubles or anything like that, I think he's a much better player. Um, oh, that's it. oh is is Shadab still a go with um, the Nisham signing? And who do you prefer out of Nathan Coulton Isle or Mick Andrew? Questions. Uh, Shadab, I, I I reckon Shadab isn't worth the risk from round one. I don't think you're missing out on much if you wait and see what his role is. Um, he's still pretty cheap, so I. And, and just with that round five buy, I don't see the benefit of doing it. Um, so that's just my opinion. I know a lot of other people are really keen on him and he was awesome at the World Cup. So I, I totally get that. Um, and then uh, Coulton Isle versus uh, McAndrew, was it? Is that- yep. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, neither of them are guaranteed to play. Like Coulton Isle. You know, the, the, the Thunder attack, they, they can chop and change a little bit. Um, I do like McAndrew if you were guaranteed both games just because he, he tends to pick up a few wickets um, and bats around about eight, you know, first first of the, the bowlers. Maybe Green comes before him. Um, yeah, it's, it's a real – that's a line ball one. Yeah. Uh, oh, toss a coin. Yeah, not sure. I mean, look at your round two numbers. If you if you're low and you you, you kind of need an extra round two person, McAndrew obviously has a double in round two. But that's all my questions. I don't even know if Nathan's there. Are you there, yeah. Nathan? I'm, I'm, I'm still here. I'm just sitting and listening. Yeah. Um, I'm, yeah, I'll I'll give you a couple of questions. I'm going to tire it out. Um, there was an interesting one here about Andre Russell. Is he worth the four week rental, essentially inside? Yeah, not someone I'd be going for. Um, what is he, about 140K off the top of my head? Yeah, 145. Yeah, yeah 145. Um, he's so hit and miss. Um, like his IPL numbers were awesome this year. And then, you know, some of the other comps he's played in, just real dreadful. So it kind of depends on his attitude in a way. Um, or how much money he's getting paid to be there. Yeah, maybe, yeah. It's hard to really know what to expect from him. Um, and, but without a double, it's just not an option you'd be going for. Um, yeah. It'd be a real pod move if it came off, but super risky. Yeah. No, we were talking. I tend to agree. 
Yeah, we're talking before you came on about um, Nathan Ellis, who's in absolutely sensational form. And I kind of, you know, go in if you want to go a real sort of smoky um, starting option. Anything else, Nathan? Uh, yeah, I've got a couple more here. Here we go. Um, what are your thoughts on Matt Wade's role? Yeah, I've seen a few little things pop up about him being a bit of a finisher or, or whatnot. Um which does make you nervous, but the, the Canes have got like five finishes. So I don't know how, how he slides any lower than top three. Um, but the, in saying that, the Canes top three or four is a bit uncertain as well. Like they chopped and changed heaps last year with, I think, Jewel and McDermott opened for the back half of the season. And then obviously Darcy Short's done it before successfully and Matt Wade's done it before successfully. Throwing the fact they've had a change of coach, so potentially a change of uh, thought behind how that all looks. So it's a bit of an unknown um, I, I, I think the Canes look best with Short and Wade opening. I, I always have. I reckon that's when they've had their most success. Um, obviously, McDermott had that awesome season last year, so um, he could he should be batting three. And then potentially, like, with Wade and Short both being left-handers, they might want to break that up and McDermott opens. So, um, so that's a consideration. But I, I do think Wade will remain a top three bat. Um, and then, obviously, he, he was the keeper of McDermott last season. So it's a pretty good role and he's pretty cheap, I think. 120K, um, he's in Ado's team. Bring him on, Matty Wade. Yeah, yeah. His, his role in the Big Bash is way better than his Australia T20 role. So don't be fooled by those stats around him in the T20 World Cup. Yep. Yeah. All right, we'll give you one final one. Um, can you give me your pros and cons on Chris Lynn? <laughs> Chris Lynn. Um yeah. Well, the, pro, the biggest pro is he's on a double and he's, he's scored massive points before. Um, so he's got a, a pretty good ceiling. Um, the cons, well, obviously he's really hit and miss. And over the last season or two, he's been more missed than hit. So it's quite risky. Um, he gets hidden in the field. So you, you, and he obviously doesn't bowl. So you're really just relying on his batting. Um, so... Um, given that recent record, it would make me very nervous to do that. In saying that, he is pretty cheap and on a double. So if he was playing the first game, he's definitely the type of player I'd be looping. Um, but he's not, which creates another dilemma. Um, yeah, a, a tough one. And you almost don't want to miss out because he has that potential to go large. But I feel like where it used to be like every one in three games, he'd go massive. Nowadays, it's like one in one in five so he's a yeah, it's a tough one. The double, the double is quite seductive along with the, the price. Yeah, yeah. So the rest of the questions I have you are very similar to the ones Adam's already asked you. So I think we'll move on. Uh, what's next, Adam? Beautiful. We're going to go on to um, the team previews. I don't know. I left Hurricanes on there, but we as the header. But we're going to just see what we think they're going to line up. It's, it's obviously a best guess. Sometimes it can be completely different to what we think at the bat flip, but we'll go and now that we know who's signed and, you know, for, for whatever teams, who we think, how we think they're going to line up. Um, let's start it with the Thunder lineup and you can go, Ben, how you reckon um, the Thunder are going to line up? Yeah, no worries. You've asked me that perfectly because I had that on my spare screen. So oh, I love it. <laughs> that's worked out really well. Um, yeah. I think, I think Hales and Jilts will open the batting. Um Although I will flag, I reckon there's a small chance that cutting may open instead of jilts. I'll be all over him if he does. 
if, if that happens at the coin toss, I reckon his ownership numbers will go through the roof. Yeah, it could be the um, biggest swing ever. You'll see someone who's like 5% go to 45, 50, yeah. just for people who are switched on. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So I I do think it would be Hales and Jilks, though. I think that's Jilks' role. Um, and then Rousseau, Sanger, Ross, Sam's cutting at seven. And then the four bowlers, McAndrew, Green, Sandu. And I've got Faruqi for the first game, but it could be Usman Kadia, depending on conditions. Uh, I'm, I'm not really across the Manuka Oval pitch. I'm never really sure. It's a, it's, a, it's a ground I don't use much, so I'm never really sure of the conditions there, but it might be. Is it a, is, is a batsman-friendly pitch? Or yeah, it's a bit of a road from memory. Mm. Yep. So what that means for a spinner or a seamer, um, probably maybe lean towards a, a spinner. Uh, you go for it, Nathan. Give us the stars. This is a bit of an interesting one to, to predict, isn't it? All right. I'll give it a go. Okay. So currently I've got Clark and Stoinis opening. Now, I, I, don't, I don't know what they would do with Stoinis. They could honestly do anything. Um, then I've got I've, – I've come around. I've got Larkin at three now mm-hmm. and um, Cartwright at four with Burns at five and Webster at six. Yep. And then I've gone NCN and then the four bowls in whatever order they feel like, you know, Bolt, Wood, Zampa. And I think Brody Couch might crack that 11 round one. Yeah. Uh, thoughts, Ben? Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Um, we know Liam Hatch has got CA11 duty yep. in the lead up to the first game. So it looks like he'll miss, which means Brody Couch should play. Um, the flag that, that Wood and Bolt will be the main bowlers, big left arm swing bowlers. Um, the Stoinis thing makes me nervous. I, I, there was something Zampa said the other day which made me nervous. And then David Hussey did an interview on SEN where he kind of dropped into the convo quite um, casually, uh, referring to Stoinis in the middle. And it, was, it wasn't an explicit comment, but it just makes me nervous. And I know that someone like Hilton Cartwright, who was probably their best player last year, could open the batting. Um, so I reckon there's a bit of a flag there. I don't think it's enough to turn you off getting Stoinis. He looks like a must-have. No. But, um, Maybe if you're thinking about VCing or something like that, just just go easy. Yeah. Uh, if Cartwright got the opening spot, I'd be all over him instead of Sharon for sure. Yeah, I mean, it changed my thinking, I guess, on um, Cartwright. I wouldn't change my thinking on Stoyness because he's a weapon and he's bargain-priced. So, yeah, I, I agree with you on those lineups. I'll go to the stri- strikers. Matt Short and, um, well, I'm saying it's going to be um, Jake Weatherald. I reckon Chris Lynn in at three, um, Hose um, at four, Kelly at five, DeGrand home at six, Rashid Khan, Harry Nielsen, Henry Thornton, Peter Siddle, and I've got Wes Agar. Um, I know that you were keyed on Harry Conway there, Nathan, but that's how I've got them lining up. Anyone disagree? Uh, I, I'm big on the fact that Chris Lynn always opens these days. Mm. Um, they just want him in at the power play. So I think he'll open... And that is probably a reason in his in his favour if you're thinking about getting him. Yeah, batting in the power play is obviously a, a very um, uh, conducive role to getting points. Um, yeah, there's only four overs in the big bash, which is a bit of a shame for opening batsmen. Um, but other than that, yeah, it looks it looks good. There's probably some consternation around that bowling attack. Conway or Agard, do they bowl the? Do they bring in the second spinner? But I think what you've said, Adrian, is pretty much bang on. Um, and we're going to finish off, obviously, because on round two, we've got the Scorchers and we know that they're going to sign someone else as well. So you, it'll be an interesting one to go through. Ben, you can give us the Scorchers. 
Yep. Um, so the way I've got it, I've got Inglis opening with Nick Hobson as a placeholder until they they sign this new player. Um, and if that new player is an opener or a, or a you know a top order bat, then Fath could be the guy who moves from three to two. So I've currently got Fath at three, and then I've got Bancroft at four, Turner at five. That's always been his role. Um, and I've got Hardy at six. And, and again, Hardy kind of could go up depending on this new signing. Um, it could be first drop, um, could be a shuffle there, which is why people are interested. And then I've got Agar at seven. And then the bowlers, I've currently got Richardson, assuming he's fit at eight, but um, there's a bit of a flag on that, like I said earlier. Um, and then Ty, Berendorf and Hatsaglu. I've got Hatsaglu in there. And I know a lot of people haven't got him in their scorcher sides, but I will point out that he... The Scorchers have always played a spinner. This dates back to forward Ahmed a few years ago, Hoggy back in the day. Um, so I, I do think he'll play even with Agar in the side. So um, I would be just just considering that because I think he's about 94K, not a bad price. Mm. Um, in reasonable wicket-taking form in the Abu Dhabi T10 League as well. Oh, imagine being Time or Mills and being left out of that bloody team. You'd be like, oh, thanks a lot. Well, even, even like Matt Kelly and and well, Lance Morris is obviously with the test squad and mm. can't get probably wouldn't be able to get a game for the Scorchers as well. Yeah. I mean, look, I love a bit of hats as well. It'd just be like um, we don't – because we're saying about, you know, stars and thunder, we'll wait. You could find out at the bat flip. You you only know that at the bat flip for round two. So, um, yeah, but look, I think it's probably just as much of a punt as Aaron Hardy because that's not as fun batting six and maybe bowling. So it's really interesting to chat about how we think they're going to line up. Keep your ears close to the news. Follow the Honeyball BBL because you'll find out um, who, who who it is that they bring in. I mean, it's a, a very different to me if they grab a Jason Roy, you know, than a, if they grab an all-round. You know, it's going to really change the order i think and and that could make the the decision for you you know if um you know faf goes down to three and then it's just going to move other parts around a lot um all right well that's the lineups um we'll go to uh let me find it lock him in nathan who are you locking into your team where this is the last time we're going to chat obviously before bbl kicks off who are you locking in oh okay um Looking, obviously, Daniel Sams. Sounds like he's good for what he's heard so far. So, sounds like he's good to go. Um, I'm looking at Peter Siddle. Uh, I really do like how he's performed in the past. He's not all that bouncy. He wasn't managed to find a way to get to 120, 130 with ice closed. Plus, he picks up so many jump time wickets. It's and he bowls those power surge overs as well, which in the past, so the role looks really good for him. Um, the other lock I've got is I'm, I'm pretty, I'm still pretty keen on uh, Matthew Jinks. I think, provided everything pans out, he's he's due to really have a good campaign. He's been around for so long now that it's about time he starts to show off what he can do, you know. And he had that good innings last year, 98 not out. Uh, if we could see a bit more consistency from him this year, then he could cement himself long-term in that Thunder team. Yeah, all right. All good shouts. I just saw it come through to our chat in the practice match there. Stoyne's coming in at five. Oh. Tim Mitchell's just been nice enough to pass through. So 
Or people get those VCs off Stoin if he's batting that low. Although he could just finish off like a champion. I reckon they they could have a collapse in him. Definitely the stars. I think that's the reason why he might be a... They might want to spread it out. They want Joe Clark up the top to get him off to a hot start and Stoin to bring him home. To me, that just seems like good business. So, um, you know, I'm probably leading towards that being a, a possibility. Um, look, I'm going to lock Matty Wade into my team. I The chat about um, that we got there with Ben, I, I felt confident like that's the team makes more sense to me if Matty Wade opens or bats at three. I reckon they've got four of the best you know, finishes in the bloody game. You, they don't. I think they're short on openers and and you know of and 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 top order sort of guys. Um, and I think Matty Wade's the guy. He's going to keep. Is he the captain? I, I, I mean, you know, that's probably a good thing as well. I reckon. Um, so I'm going to lock him into my team. Um, I'm going to uh, lock in um, whoever the person that jags a good spot in the the stars lineup. Um, it's a bit of a cheap and nasty way to go, but I kind of feel like the payoff is Sean Abbott at 17%. Um, and I, he's the guy that I can just build my team around. Yes. I'm going a strategy where I've got two non double game round plays, Wade and Abbott. It was always Nisa and Shadab for the preseason. And I've just splurged it a little bit and go on with Abbott. Um, but I'm going to lock um, those players in. Let's go to the next bit. Fading. Anyone that you're fading now, um, Nathan, that's new news on what we've spoken about in the past. All right. Um, um, yeah, look, Shadow Khan, I guess, is probably a bit of a fade now that he's not batting at six. Uh, that really does sing. Um, you know, I think... I'm looking at fades. Not much has really changed outside of that Nisham signing in the last week. I mean, English's role has probably regressed a little bit if he doesn't end up opening. Uh, if they do manage to land an international before round one, uh, I think he regresses a little bit in his role. But it's not a great deal. It's been mostly depth signings in the last week. So, yep. yeah. Yep, all, all all good shouts. Um, look, I am famously fading Bolt, which has never sat sat too well with me. Um, I'm also going to fade um Harry Conway. You know, you, you said Ben, it's always better to err on the side of bowlers. I'd almost if if he got the run, I'd prefer him to Larkin. Um, obviously he's not going to go into the buy in round two, but he's no sure thing, and they don't play the first game of the teams playing the double game in round one, so it's too risky. Um, who? Because he's only eighty k. So unless you're keeping yourself some extra money to go a Jake Weatherald or you know or to get up to a, a Colin de Grandhome, it's too risky to do. Um, look, I personally think it's too risky um, to go for rookie, um, or you know, Orkadia, because I just as soon as that signing happened, it really spooked me big time. Um, just for, I mean, getting one game, you know, even if he was if he was lining up for one game, maybe I'd take a punt on him. But I'm just not willing to go there because we know how a defl- I think who did I do it with Kuhneman last year where I think he got subbed out. He played, he got subbed out in the first game and then didn't get picked in the second game. And he was a double and I was just so angry about it. So um, one thing I should say is I don't reckon you should be too risky in round one. That's what you go with the crowd. That's why I'm all like, you might as well go Matt short because he's, he's higher owned. Yeah. He could fail, but you're going to fail with the masses. Um, 
And that applies, I reckon, in round one more than a lot of other rounds because it's much harder to come back from 40,000th than it is to be in 5,000th and only 50 points off the leaders. So um, that's where I am. That's where I am on that. Um, yeah. That's me in a nutshell. Anything else we wanted to cover? Is the VCs um, and the Cs really simple this yeah, uh, some questions to me go, well, why should I VC Sam's? He's under an injury cloud. Why can't I um, VC Hales? Because Hales, he, he he could fail, but he if Hales goes out and scores 150 in the first game, which he is absolutely, in a nutshell, that kind of player who can absolutely take. We saw that with Ben McDermott, you know, last year with that monster score. Is is there any other way to go? Um Oh, your sounds weird. It's like really, really muddled. Let me try this. Let me try this. Yeah, is it better? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think I'd go with the Sam's vice captaincy into a Rashid Khan captaincy just for just because everyone's doing that. I think. There's not, there's not, not much point taking a big risk there round one. I think if you try and make up ground later in the season, that's when you, you go away from the crowd. But just stay with the crowd on this one, I think. Ben? Yeah, I always like the safe option early in the season, like you were kind of alluding to, Adrian. But um, and, and, like, if if Sam's or whoever your VC on the first game fails, you're probably looking at putting the C on Rashid. This mm. makes a lot of sense on a double. So... If that's your fallback, then you could take a risk and that brings in someone like Alex Hales who, you know, is that hit and miss kind of guy and you might be able to get a jump on everyone else. Um, kind of talked about Stoinis before. If he's, if he's batting five like Tim reckons and I wouldn't be putting the VC on him, but if he is opening, you could do it because I think he's going to be bowling. So I uh, wouldn't rule out Stoin as an option, but uh, that, that role in the batting lineup probably turns people off. Yeah, Sam's has got. If Sam's doesn't go well with the ball, he 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 could just plump some, you know, tonk some runs, and it's a much safer thing. Hales could cop a golden duck. He, he's you know you got bolt ball and in swingers, left arm in swing to him. He could easily get a duck. But what I will say is, um, Sam's you know he'll get you. He'll he'll average a sixty. He doesn't normally do big 150, 200s, does he? He's more of a accumulator type scorer and he gets a good score every game, a good score. Whereas these players like McDermott and Hales, you could be in first after round one. If you were, if you were gussy enough to do it, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to recommend it. I'm not going to recommend to do it. Um, Nathan, if you're going to make any change changes into your team now in the lead up to round one, we well, mentioned the players we're worried about. What do you reckon you're going to actually do? I reckon I might manoeuvre around my two non-double game players. I might not end up with Sean Abbott and Chad Khan. I might go from a balanced mix. I might go like a, a Nathan Ellis and someone at a similar price. I uh, Honestly, I don't know what I'll do. Uh, but whoever I go, I'm sure there will be a megapod. And I'll just take a massive risk for one of those players to have a bit of fun. Yeah, I'm partially interested in who the signing is for the Scorchers. That could change um, my thinking. I'm going to have a little bit of a think on um, Aaron Hardy. You know, I've liked the chat on Luke Wood, and you know I'm a fan of Nathan Coulton Isle. Um, you know, I could get 20K that I need to get um, Hardy up to someone better um, if I go Colin down to one of those guys. 
I might have, have a little bit of a maneuverability around there. I mentioned um, uh, DeGrand and Basson. I'm not hugely confident on for bowling, um, but those are the movable parts for me. Uh, who does the Scorchers sign? Do I think it's Aaron Hardy season? Um, and do I have to make some changes? Because I'm going to try everything I can to hold on to Sean Abbott. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's fair enough. So- Sean Abbott would be a great guy to build around, but like Nathan Ellis is 50k cheaper and you can do the same thing. Yep. Uh, well, that's the end of the show. Ben, you're an absolute legend. Um, we'll put the uh, we'll put the old tag on there, uh, you know, for your magazine purchase. It's an absolutely fantastic resource and great reading, I reckon, now in this last minute, you know, sort of thinking before the launch of the um, Big Bash. Thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Thanks for um getting me on and, and giving me some time to chat and um, apologies for working around the Scorchers game. I'm trying to have a look at this morning. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, your tips uh, are very important. So get out there and watch it. Eh? Uh, Nathan, you're an absolute legend as always. He's in Queensland. He doesn't live in Queensland, but we got confused this morning. Like what time is it? Queensland time. Just, just take that. an hour off where you are, mate. We get it. It's an hour earlier. Oh, you'd think it'd be easy, wouldn't you? Um, <laughs> no, thanks for having me again. That's nice. No worries. You're a legend. We'll talk to everybody soon, eh? Once the yep. round's up and up and started, I'll post all my changes that I do make on the socials because everyone's like sending me like, why'd you say you were going with Sean Abbott? I did it, Adrian. And now you took him out in your team. People were like, give me all sorts. You should see the messages I get. They're so abusive. <laughs> oh, right. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon, eh? Tight. Oh.